Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast, where you can be inspired by the stories of active people from the great state of Texas. We also chat with people who can help keep you active, like our sponsor, College Station Physical Therapy and Performance. CSPT is a performance PT clinic who helps active people recover from injury, return to their active lifestyle, and reach their highest level of performance. Learn more about how CSPT can help you get back to doing what you love at collegestationpt.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host, and today we have a little bit of a special episode. This is, first of all, the opening of Season 3, so we've been doing this for about a year and a half now, and we're going to flip it a little bit, flip the flip the coin, and we're going to see, we're going to actually interview another one of our hosts who is on about maybe half the episodes, and that's our co-host, my lovely wife, Allison K. Watts. <laughs> Allie, welcome to the show. <laughs> Full name and everything. Hi, what's up, everybody? I mean, you're my wife. Oh, thanks. So this is going to be a fun one because we want to hear from an active Texan who may not be exactly like all the other active Texans we've uh, interviewed because, number one, she said the non-competitive active Texan. That's me. I'm non-competitive. So this is a shout-out to those that are active that are non-competitive. Yeah. What else? What are we going to talk about today? Uh, this is a shout out to the introverts, to the people living with chronic illness or something behind the scenes that it drives them and their active lifestyle that people may not see. And, um, it's a good thing to remember that when you go on the trail or on the, in the gym or the studio that the person next to you, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And just the fact that they showed up needs to be celebrated and not everybody's, you know, crushing out PRs. Some people, the biggest win is showing up. So let's rewind. Okay. When, when did you become active? Oh, other than childhood, normal childhood stuff. Yeah. I didn't, outside. I didn't really play any sports growing up regular, regularly. I did a little bit of dance in eighth and ninth grade. And then I had knee pain and a doctor told me to stop being active, which was very poor advice. Um, they did tell me to see a physical therapist, but that did nothing. What happened at that PT visit? Um, he put me on a bike for 10 minutes and walked away. And then he came back and gave me a piece of paper and sent me home with leg lift exercises. And I never went back and that was it. And did I st- your knee pain go away? No. And I stopped being active, which was the complete worst thing you could do to like resolve knee pain is to stop being active. But um, in college, I freshman and sophomore year, I took weight training classes at the university and I kind of found my place in the gym. Doing those classes was cool because I was able to learn about parts of the body and the equipment you use for parts of the body and it made me feel comfortable in the gym. So it was a great thing to do to take that class because um, I felt comfortable going to the gym and it was a place just for me. and. So that was when I really started to work out was freshman year of college. And then after working out, you were you having knee pain at that time? No, not as much. I don't really remember. I mean, it was just weight training. I wasn't doing any real cardio. I was just really into weight training. And so I didn't have any issues with the knee pain. Um, it wasn't until I married you that we started to address it, really, I think which was several years later. Yeah. And that, so that was about 15 years ago when we got married, but 
you you also started basically you didn't do anything the doctor told you to do and you started which was bad advice like you said right right um, and basically, you eventually were like okay i'm gonna start running or yeah. like they told me don't run don't do things that make your knee hurt which was stupid but i of course was like okay i can't run so I stayed away from sports that. And then actually, run. we you had an MRI done of your knee. I did have an MRI done of my knee. So this is, um, all you did was weightlifting. Not to say that's not active, but you didn't do any kind of like running no. or endurance type stuff. And you had this knee pain. And I stopped dancing. So that it doesn't. This doesn't make sense. But you know, the doctors that we were talking to at the time, I was in PT school. We're like, let's get an MRI of the knee. Why not? Yeah, you know? let's see what's happening let's under see. there. We can just do an MRI. That was fun. That was. <laughs> and so, fabulous. what did what did the doctors say about your MRI? They said, "What your knees look like?" They said the back of my knee was like shag carpet. That's an awesome thing to hear. That's super fun and encouraging. That made me feel like I could be even less active. Because um, so they got were shag carpet in your knees. Yeah, they said we could go in and scrape that and clean it up, but it probably won't resolve your pain. So it made no sense to me, and it was just something visual to hinder me more. And at the time I was in PT school, I so I started thinking, oh, maybe I could actually help you, um, because the doctors that you saw, the orthopedic surgeons, the primary care, whatever yeah. it was, they didn't give you any solution. Zero. Basically, don't be active. Don't do anything that hurts. So that that affected you like for, for a long probably time. a while, and then I, and then pretty early in our marriage we started having babies. So I had uh, I was in those years of having babies, and I mean one thing that was great was I had that um, experience going to the gym. So after each baby, I remember I was a member at Planet Fitness for many years, and that was like my escape, and I would was able to get you know baby weight dealt with and that was where I went but I mostly would just do like elliptical training and weightlifting that was like all I would do because I felt like that was all I was allowed to do it was all I knew how to do and it got me results that I wanted as far as losing baby weight and then about five years ago maybe mm -hmm. seven years ago, seven years ago so seven years ago maybe six five to seven years ago you started running. I started running. My niece asked me, I think it was, that was when it started. Mm -hmm. I had started running maybe, and my niece wanted to do a race. And I do anything my niece asks me to do. So um, we started. I started training, and I started running. Had I started doing D1 before that or after yes. that? And I was working out at D1. Yeah. I had started so boot, running. Boot camp style and street camps. That was the first time I'd ever worked out with people ever in my whole life was when we joined D1. <clears throat> I think you started running right before that. It was so before we joined. Yes. You're running there. You're running on your own. It's something that anybody can do. Get out there and run. Yeah. But so you're the only reason you did it was because your niece asked you to. Yes. <laughs> All right. I had never run in my life, like for an activity. Like I had run playing ultimate Frisbee in college or you know, when I had to, but I've never done it as a choice for exercise until that point. So you did a 5k? Yes. No, yes, 5k. The Republic 5K. of Texas 5k. Yeah, I got second in my it was age 32 group. degrees outside. It was freezing. Perfect running weather. I didn't think that at the time. <laughs> I felt For a 5k, maybe a little cold. Yeah, it was cold. You didn't warm up. And so that led to more, um, you, you decided the next year, 
to do the same race, yeah. but you were going to do the half the, and then the quarter marathon. The quarter. Did they, we do they a 10 before that? Yes, in October. I, I did the October so Fest before you, that. You did Oktoberfest in 20, that must have been 2016. So yeah, that's five years ago. And mm-hmm. Oktoberfest, you did a 10K. Your goal was not only to finish, but to get it in under an hour. Yes. And what was your time? It was like 150. You're not competitive though. One so. hour and 50 seconds. It was so frustrating. And I was like, I'm never running again. But you're not competitive. so I'm matter. not competitive, but it was a competition with myself. <laughs> I mean, it was just a goal that was there. My goal in this podcast is to show you that you are competitive. I'm so not competitive. <laughs> but I'm going to backtrack and say that once I got active, and you were encouraged this as a PT, that for my knees to stop hurting, I needed to be active. And that was the game changer, and my knee pain was resolved mostly from just beginning to live an active lifestyle and putting more effort into cardio that was different well not just cardio so actually this is interesting you 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 wanted to be more active yeah you were told your previous experience was you can't be because your knees hurt and all i did was say it's okay for you to run yeah and you might have a little pain but also you need to do strength training yeah which is what you were doing already Mm -hmm. or maybe right after so you started running a little bit and then you probably still had knee pain i mean it's not just going to go away no so but you corrected my stride also to not that was big too correcting my gait to not run. what to take shorter a shorter stride that helped with shorter faster yeah more, more on your midfoot to four foot strike yeah. more efficient and also less pounding through the knees so right. for those of you who are listening if you're a heel striker um first of all i'm sorry but second of all <laughs> uh you need help and you can get help, but I want you to realize like, okay, try to jump up and down off your heels 10 times on both. Try to do it on one leg at a time. Try to do it on the other leg and then do it on your toes. Yeah. And tell me how it feels. Do you feel, so whenever you jump up and down on your heels, I feel it all the way up into my neck. Yeah. Like vibrations. Right. The vibration, yeah. Um, or another thing you can do is take your shoes off. You may want to do this inside or on a concrete parking lot or something that's not rocky and sharp and run barefoot and how do you run you may still try to run heel striking but it's not going to be very comfortable because you have no padding there it's just your heel jamming to the ground and so you feel that jolt and so and then so but naturally most people kind of lean forward a little bit and they'll run on their forefoot Mm -hmm. when they're barefoot i actually had this happen this morning uh, working with somebody and they knew they were a heel striker. I'd actually looked at their gait before and we didn't change it because it wasn't really necessarily causing problems, but now it is. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's something that we changed. Sorry to go on a little tangent there, but I, a lot of people listen to this run. They may know that what they're doing is not efficient or can lead to problems. They may not be having problems now, but most likely you will have issues with your shins, your knees, your hips, your back. If but just by changing one simple thing of the two things, this, the strike, the foot strike. Mm-hmm. So landing more on the ball of your foot, but also your stride, your, your cadence, right? Not necessarily the stride length that kind of naturally changes on its own, but you speed up the cadence. So running with a metronome at 170 plus, it gets you, um, shortening your cadence a little bit, shortening your stride a little bit and speeding up your cadence. Yeah. And that's going to 
allow you to be able to run. So that was really all we did. We did, we changed your cadence and your gait. And then we also, you you just, you know, I encourage you to keep doing strength training. I didn't do any quote unquote physical therapy. No, it was like you gave me permission to do things that I thought I wasn't allowed to do because I was going to make my knee pain worse, which was a lie because, you know, building up the muscles on either side of my knees was what was necessary. And so you ran the 10K and then in February of the next year, was it February? That's right. You did, did the, the quarter. We did the quarter together. Yeah. And that's when I finally started running again. At the time I was doing um, boot camp. I will say there was, when I started running, I have to tell this story. That first time I took you running with me, you hadn't been active yet. I was a, I, I was having babies. You were, <laughs> you were having dad bod years. And it was the one time I think ever, ever that I was faster than you and you couldn't keep up with me. And I went for about a 10 year period of not doing much. Yeah. So I had started running before Brian had started running again in his life. And it was a fun day looking back now because I'm like, I used to be faster than you. That one time we ran. I can't get that memory out of my mind. I know, right? I remember we were what street we were on. I do we too. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I remember. I can't it. run anymore. Bye. <laughs> you were like, I hate this. I hate running. <laughs> yeah. I still don't really like it. But, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's not true. I'm just kidding. I'm competitive. It's not so true. It's so like competitive. It. And so we ran that together yeah. and you kind of got me back into running yeah and that was like one of my best yeah you know times mm -hmm. ever uh, because two months later i tore my acl yeah sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> um so <laughs> that's that's kind of your journey and then it, it started to change because you you mentioned this when you introduced yourself and you're talking about you know things this podcast is about and one of them is chronic illness yeah and that's mainly you know what i want to spend the rest of the time talking to you about because that's something that before you even knew you had it and knew what it was it was affecting you yeah. but then also it still affects you to this day but you you eventually got a diagnosis a plan and you've completely changed like your you you completely changed your lifestyle yeah so for many years i was you know with so I have Hashimoto's is what I was d diagnosed with eventually. And with autoimmune disorders, those kind of disorders are extremely hard to diagnose because so many of the symptoms individually by themselves can be written off as other things. So I had symptoms for many years that I didn't know were related to something bigger than what they were. Um, but they were affecting me and um, it just kept getting worse and compounded. And the struggle that people with autoimmune disorders deal with is so quiet. And so they, I mean, like if you hear just one symptom, it sounds so small, but when you hear them all and you hear the struggle of not understanding what's going on in your body and not being able to control your body attack itself, it's really weird. So I was having, you know, extreme fatigue. I would have days where getting out of bed was ridiculously hard and, I would have days where my joints and my legs and arms felt like lead and moving my body and doing the things that I needed to do throughout the day was required way more effort. I had heart palpitations and extreme brain fog. Um, 
that makes you just feel like you're going crazy. Um, and you just don't, you think you're dying and you just don't, and you're scared to tell anyone because you feel small and you feel like they're not big enough things to be concerned about. Um, I remember talking to two doctors a year apart, mentioning my symptoms to them. And both of them thought about, they checked my thyroid, but I live in the category of my thyroid numbers look normal, but I'm high, I'm highly symptomatic. Um, and they would never test me for my antibodies to see if I had an autoimmune disorder. And it took years for a doctor to finally, and I didn't know what they needed to test for. Um, I didn't know anything about these kind of disorders. And finally I had a, my, the third doctor I brought it up with, his wife actually had has Hashimoto's. So he was familiar enough to recommend me to go see a functional medicine doctor and to get the correct things tested so that I would be diagnosed properly for the first time. And I remember just crying when they, he told me that I was, had Hashimoto's, that my antibodies were crazy high and that this was the reason that I was suffering because finding out that, um, that it's from something is so powerful. You know, you, you gain back control from all this chaos and this confusion and concern and this mystery, you know, anyway, so finally being diagnosed was big and, um, and began the process of changing my life. I think that for people listening that may think that something might be going on, what would you say to them? I mean, you know, this makes like me... they think that they're crazy. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I'm are they sure crazy? They're not crazy. And I'm sure, um, it's part of why I appreciate our business CSPT so much is because it's an environment where people have the opportunity to talk about all of their symptoms. And so if you are going to a doctor who is not taking your symptoms seriously, then it's okay to see, get a second opinion or find someone who is willing to listen to every aspect of what's going on with you. Um, I wish I had seen, I mean, every time I saw it, it was a different doctor that I was trying to get diagnosed by, but it wasn't until I saw someone who was different and out of the traditional healthcare system that somebody would actually listen to the symptoms and consider what they could mean. Well, so what, what was the changes that you had to make? So if there's, okay, your numbers are normal. I'm a doctor. I can't treat you because yeah. your numbers are normal, but you found, you know, the functional medicine side of things that mm -hmm. start that they look at other things besides yeah. like, just like, how can a medication help you? Right. Um, but what did you, what did you end up having to do? What did that look like? What that transformation looked like? I mean, at first there were some, I mean, it was all about nutrition at first, uh, at first there were some things I had already eliminated because I knew they didn't make me feel right. Um, like dairy and soy, and I was pretty low gluten in general, just out of, I don't know, people live a low carb lifestyle. I kind of naturally did that, but getting serious about eliminating those things in everything I did was, became a priority. Um, so for the first year, it was a lot of um, numbers and, you know, tests and changing those things and seeing what we could do and how it would change just by little changes. And then we decided to do a full elimination diet um, in 2020. 
And I started doing this elimination diet. And then like two or three weeks later, the pandemic happened and the world shut down, which was total chaos because, um, you know, I'm dealing with the pandemic and my kids all of a sudden being home all the time and also having to process and grieve all these foods that I can't have that normally give me comfort. Um, I'm not able to be as active. It's just a, it was a, it was horrible timing for an elimination diet. I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> During the next pandemic, don't do it. Don't do diet. it. Yeah. Anyway, but it changed everything. Um, figuring out the foods that caused me to have a reaction was very important. And also learning how to balance being active is super important. Um, somebody I know who has Hashimoto's pretty much under control. Um, for her, the best balance is doing CrossFit. But for another person, that may be too intense of an exercise. And sometimes doing an intense exercise can cause a flare-up and some people have a flare-up of symptoms. So, but being active is really important and um, living a healthy, active lifestyle, eating really whole, real foods is super important. And um, it really changed everything as far as how I felt and listening to your body and listening to what you could handle. You know, it was like I finally had permission to take care of myself when I got diagnosed. I wanna encourage those people who are out there being active with stuff going on that people don't see, you know? People can see you showing up and being at the gym or being at a race and think, oh, you must be doing great. Everything must be fine. You're so, you're doing awesome. You must not be struggling anymore. And they just don't understand that for some people showing up is a really big deal and it takes a lot of effort and some days are harder than others. You know, sometimes people are there just to move and that's huge. And I just want to shout out to those active Texans who are showing up and moving their body because it's going to help with everything in your life. I think there's a lot more of those people than we realize. Actually, probably a majority of people are like that in some way or another. Mm -hmm. And so part of that, I'm, you know, I hate to be the devil's advocate here, but oh, on the flip side of that, like a majority of the people that you may think are thinking that yeah. also are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> so, you. Um, everybody has something going on and a reason why they're, why they're there um, at that um, race or at that gym, uh, whatever they're doing, um, they all have, you know, reasons and their why. And so that's, what's powerful is like, why are you actually here doing these things? And that's what goes a long way and like actually helping someone like you or someone not like you that has something they're struggling with, you know, digging deeper into like what we can do to actually help them, um, as active Texans, um, especially in our, in our business with CSBT. Yeah. Uh, to be able to help people in those different ways and everybody's a little different. You got to sit down and listen. Right. Um, and that's one thing that I think, um, if you would have had 10 years ago, you know, right. the first one or two people that you saw would have just listened, you know, it's not that they couldn't help. This is not a bashing doctors episode. This no, is, it's not, <laughs> this is, and so after you got all this figured out, you kind of changed your lifestyle, kind of changed it, changed it big time. You started to feel a lot better. Yeah. I mean, it's still a work in progress and it probably will be for a long time for the rest of your life possibly. But at the same time, you feel better. You look better. <laughs> you, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you, you perform better in like everything that you do. Um, what you can, you don't get so fatigued. You don't have 
as much brain fog. Yeah. You know, you're able to like provide more as a mother because yeah. you actually feel normal most of the time yeah. and not like you're a crazy person. So, <laughs> um, feel like you weren't ever a crazy yeah. person. You just felt like it. It's just nice to feel more present for sure. Um, and feel like I understand better how to take care of myself and know when to sit out and know that I have permission to be active and I have a permission to sit out. I have a permission to say, this week I just have to walk. This week, it's okay for somebody to be like, oh, I wanna do CrossFit. And then like the next week feel like, I just wanna do Pilates and walk, or I wanna, you know, it's okay to be varied and it's okay to not be intense all the time. You have permission, it's your, there's no pressure. This is your active lifestyle and your journey and nobody else is there to say what you need. Nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes. So you gotta listen to what you need and what your body needs. But one thing that is definitely not okay is to stop moving, that is for sure. Well, thank you for sharing all those little details. Um, I think it'll help a lot of people that listen to this. Hopefully everybody in the world listens to it and gets help from it. Um, but I wanted to wrap it up with a couple of things, a couple of accomplishments that you've had over the last six months or so mm -hmm. to a year. So maybe about a year ago, um, this actually is this full circle. This goes mm -hmm. back to um, your niece, our niece, who asked you to do what? She asked me to do a Tough mutter with her. And when she asks me to do something, I say yes. So You already said that. Yep. I know. So the answer was yes. Yes, I did it. <laughs> it was really hard. What was that? I mean, like? it was really fun. It wasn't like some of it was not too hard. And then other parts were kind of um, big accomplishments. Personally, for me, there's this like one wall that you have to climb. It's, it's an A-frame. A-frame cargo net. It's that's like 50 feet in the air. Super high. I'm very, very afraid of heights in that way. And going up and over that wall was a huge, huge thing for me mentally. And, um, but it was awesome, you know, being able to overcome that and make it to the other side. Literally big feeling that whole like one foot in front of the other, like that's all I could do was just go up one ring at a time and till I made it over because it was terrifying, but it was loads of fun. And I would do one again with, with her or with whoever, um, there's some, it, those are pretty cool races because there's no winners. It's a hundred percent. Everyone wants everyone to finish and you're supposed to help everyone. So during all the challenges, people are helping other people. Like it's required. A lot of them you can't do without help. So it's a pretty cool mentality for a race, especially for the non-competitive folks like me, um, who just want to do something and be active and have fun and, and finish and anyway it was fun what was uh, the highlight for that would i would say the highlight is the video of you running through the oh electrical wire i would never do that part again i'm skipping that obstacle for eternity what if the guy's the right there in your face saying all right let's go last obstacle you got this ladies i know it was right by the finish line because you said you weren't going to do it i had decided it, before, well we had both decided not to do it and then she said oh we have to and so I had to say yes to her because, you know, that's, that's our thing. That's the key. Make sure Lauren's there. <laughs> but I get halfway through and I got electrocuted and sat down and was like, no, I want to get out. I, I can't do this. And it was horrible. And everyone was there. The announcer's there, like, telling me to get up. And 
anyway. That was not my favorite moment, but thank you for making me tell that story. That's I did I did make it through and get across the finish line, just slightly traumatized, but um, anyway. And then a few months later, uh, I finally convinced you to sign up for a half marathon. Did. And so in December 2021, BCS half marathon. BCS half marathon. I finished. I mean, who would have thought you would ever done that? You would no. ever do a half marathon after being told not to run. I was literally told not to run, and I did that. And I'll do it again, and I'll be faster next time. Okay, good. <laughs> See, you're competitive. With myself. Yeah, that's competitive. No. <laughs> it's an individual sport. Yeah. You're an individual sport kind of person. Yeah. You'd be good at individual sports because that's who you're competitive with is yourself. Yeah, maybe so. That's really your only competitor. That's true. When you're playing tennis, well, not really. Or, but when you're playing golf, is this you in the golf course? You just want me to play golf so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Final question I ask everybody on the podcast. What is one activity or sport that you want to do or try that you've never tried ever before? I want to cheat on this question and say that I want to get back into dance because I've done dance before but I haven't done it really as an adult. Adding some dance uh, into my life, I think would be really fun because it's something that I enjoy. And Are you I'm, talking about like ballroom dance or? Um, uh, I don't know. Contemporary? Any jazz? kind of dance, ballet, jazz, anything, any kind of, I enjoy that kind of movement and I think it's fun. And it's one of those things that you rarely get an opportunity opportunity to do it as an adult. So I think it would be fun to do. Well, here's a plug for a place called the dance bar that's here in Bryan, Texas. <laughs> and they do, they specialize in adult dance classes. It's true. I need no to excuses. go. I need to go. All right. You got it. <laughs> well, Allie, this has been great. Thanks for sharing your story on the active Texan. Thanks for having me.